Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. What's up? Hey. Good to see everybody this evening. It was great worshiping with all of you. And can we just give it up one more time for those two? Wow. I cannot imagine writing all of that on the tablet of my mind and heart and being able to recite that. No notes. Unbelievable. That's a pretty powerful picture. That was a powerful picture. The bride and the groom, Christ and the world, Christ and his church. It's a very powerful picture. Um, I'm glad we're here together. I, I also so appreciate the, um, the gifts and the talent and the the serving, the servant's heart, um, the passion of the Liberty Worship Collective. They're pretty incredible. They're, they're really pouring out on the stage, and I love that they're kind of just setting our hearts uh, to, to set the, the eyes of our hearts on, on God, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Tonight, um, I hope you had a, before I go there, I hope you had a great day today. Did, how was the zip line? Is that good? And was there paintball open today? Is paintball? Yeah. Yeah, paintball is awesome. I love that. Um, horses. Did anybody ride the horses? Yeah. They won't let me on the horse. <laughs> I, I, I'd imagine I'd get on that horse, and that horse would be like, get off me right now. I'm a pretty big dude. That's a lot of weight to carry. Not going to lie. I want to talk to us, uh, I want to continue to talk to us about this idea of one family, one family. And f- last night, we talked about in the framework of this idea of one family, as we're taking a look at the narrative of Hosea, Friday night, we talked about how God gave good gifts, and God continues to give good and perfect gifts. His intent from the very beginning was that you and I would experience good things from God, that he would be a good, good father who loves to give his children good gifts. And we said also that even though our father gives us good gifts at some point in time, we can make the decision that those good things are not good enough. So we constantly are out there looking for something better to fulfill something in us that we believe might be empty and ultimately the good gifts that God has for us are the only things that can fulfill us the good gifts from our heavenly father are the only things that truly deliver on their promises and everything that we search for out there always comes up short and so Hosea was given to Gomer as a husband and that was a good gift That was a good gift because Hosea's call was to represent God toward his people. And he would continue to give to her. He would give unconditionally. He would love unconditionally. He would be someone who was going to protect her, uphold her, provide for her, cover her. He was going to honor her, cherish her, and ultimately love her. He was going to give those good gifts to her. And despite them coming together uh, as a married couple, being married and wed to one another under the covenant of marriage, that they could be one at some point in time, Gomer returns. She goes back to her old 
way and we talked about how this morning we talked about how she went back to prostitution she took all of the things that Hosea had given to her and she squandered those gifts she squandered those gifts and gave them as offerings to false gods and toxic relationships and all sort of temptations and desires that were completely apart from the heart of God. And so she went far, far away. We talked about how it was kind of like my dog, Bo, and we just kept throwing that stick out into that murky, muddy river, and he just kept going farther and farther and farther away. And he was tired, and he was trashed, man. And like at some point, I bet you that dog, my dog Bo, like he felt like he was just going to die under the weight of that temptation, those decisions, that stress, that effort, that strain. And so we talked about how Gomer returned and even Gomer found herself so far from the proximity of the relationship of her husband who was giving her good gifts and she was squandering those things that at some point when she ran out, she came to a very desperate place and for some reason, I'm wondering why didn't she go back to her husband who had this unconditional love for her? He had no conditions except that she would just be one with him, that she would remain in this marriage covenant with him, that she would be with him and experience this freedom but at some point, she came so desperate and she became so ashamed, guilt-ridden and in hiding that she became enslaved to a master someone now owned her and so often that can represent us as we're living outside our relationship with God that for many of us we never even made that decision to follow him in the first place and if we take a look at our life and the things that we're giving ourselves to where we might try to find life all we're finding is death and disappointment all we're finding is destruction we're hiding in places we're ashamed there's guilt and we're wondering at times is this really what life is all about is this really my purpose is this really why I exist to be in this place and God says no that's not what I have for you that's not what I created you for. So many times people are so afraid that they might be enslaved to this religion, to this legalism. They'll become slaves and they have to give up. But what are you compromising and chasing the things that you believe you'll find life in? Out there. And we all feel it. And we're looking for answers and we can't talk to anybody. And all we're doing is hiding and drowning. I've been there. But <laughs> in this wonderful narrative, as crazy and graphic and unbelievably scandalous as it may be, there is a beauty to it because God calls Hosea into yet another step toward his bride as a picture an ultimate illustration of what God would ultimately do for one of us and the theme of this portion of the narrative is simply I'll redeem I'll redeem you see 
redemption or redeeming, or the word redeem is one of those churchy words. Christianese, if you will, like salvation or sanctification. These are words that we hear. Some of us are like, yeah, I, don't, I really don't know what that means. If it's beyond six letters, it is outside of my realm of understanding or diction. I'm not quite sure what that may mean. There's a lot of words like that. And I think we can simplify some of these words. We hear about redemption a lot or being redeemed and simply being redeemed or the word redeem means this, the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment. And Hosea is called to redeem Gomer because currently she's being owned by a master. And that master is far from the heart of God. And that master is putting a heavy weight on Gomer. That master is sapping her, uh, stealing from her, her value, her identity, her purpose, and is treating her as an object, as a servant, as a slave, not as a person, not as a child of God. Not as someone to be valued, not as someone to be protected and loved, not as somebody to be rescued, not as somebody who to be honored, not as somebody to be upheld, but somebody to be used and abused for profit, whatever that may be. Didn't care for her livelihood. Didn't care for her vitality, didn't care for her spirit, did not care for her soul get out there and do and be whatever I tell you to do and be. You're my slave. And the Lord says to Hosea, and he writes it down in Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. This is what Hosea says. Go and love your wife again. Two children out of wedlock, not mine and not loved. Squandering your riches on all sorts of things. Taking advantage of you, taking for granted your gifts. Going and then ultimately ending up far from you, enslaved, headed toward death and destruction. Arguably already there. Go and love your wife again. Yeah, but she, no, 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 no. Go and love your wife again yeah but you don't understand no 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 go and love your wife again yeah but it wasn't my fault no no go and love your wife again as if God doesn't have countless reasons to let us go on our own way as if God wouldn't have innumerable reasons to say just leave them to themselves but in this picture, God in and of himself in perfect love abounding and perfect grace abounding and forgiveness abounding. He says, I'm going to go and love my wife again. I'm going to love my people again and again and again.
again and again. Pursuing them relentlessly. Pursuing them with a love that they never thought was possible, that they can't even comprehend. I'm going to go after them again and again. They can't escape it. They can't run from it. They can't hide from it. I'm going to love them again and again. Hosea, you're my representative. Go love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. He still loves his people, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Even though you go and love her again. And so Hosea says, I went to the auction block. I went to the marketplace where she was being held up and they said, look at her. Do you want her? Because I'm done with her. Who wants to buy her? And it says that Hosea bought her back with 15 pieces of silver, five bushels of barley, and a measure of wine. He put up the cost that it would take to win her back, that he would be that she would be restored to him and him to her. He paid the price. He brought the payment. And she was his again. It's the story of God, humanity, and sin. Because of sin, there's been a fracture. There's been a divorce between God who loves us and man who forgets that. And where at one time we were free in our relationship with God, he had nothing but good gifts for us, we became slaves to sin. We became mastered by sin. And if we are mastered by sin, that means that whatever is mastering, that means whatever is mastering us owns us forever. Forever separated from God, slaves to another master, only leading to death and eternal separation from God. Forever. But God desperately wants us. He created us. We're his. But if I own something and somebody else wants it, like I said this morning, they're going to have to pay a price to get it. It's what Hosea did. It's what God planned to do. It reminds me of a story. There was this young boy, and he, he got this, like, model boat kit that he bought with his own money, okay? Like, mowing all these yards, and he, he bought this model boat kit, and then he takes this, this kit, and he, he puts it all together, and he's, like, painting it intricately. He's taking his time with it. Like, he loves this model boat. Like, he's, he's putting it together. He, he has a name for it. Like he, he's putting his heart and soul into it. it. It matters to him. And so he creates this beautiful model boat. And one day it's raining and there's a good flow at the creek, kind of like this little stream back here. And, and there's this like good rush uh, in the stream. And he takes that model boat and he, he wants to play with it. So he, he sets it down in the stream and he starts playing with it. But at some point that boat starts going downstream pretty fast and he can't keep up with it and he's like running after it and after a while that boat is just long gone he can't keep up with it and he was running at such a rate and at such a distance that he actually became kind of worried because he was so far from home so at some point he just had to decide I'm too tired I'm too far from home and it's lost but one day he was walking through a town 
and he saw in this hobby shop window, he saw his boat. And he got like so excited. He's like flipping out. He's like, that's my boat. That's my boat. It's right in the window. And he goes inside to the, to the uh, hobby shop owner. And he's, he's, he's saying, hey, you got my boat. You found my boat in the window. And, and the hobby shop owner's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That belongs to me. He says, no, no, you don't understand. I put that together. I used this type of glue, this type of paint. I named it this name. I put the sails together on this way. I, I, this is how I put it together. Like, I can describe every single piece of that boat. That boat belongs to me. I put my heart and soul into that boat. You got to give me my boat back. And the, the owner's like, kid, this boat belongs to me. This is mine. If you want the boat, you got to pay for it. So that kid, he's like, man, he goes out, he starts mowing all these yards. He's like doing chores and extra errands so that he can get some extra money, that he can get an allowance. He's going and helping his neighbors. He's, he's cleaning stuff up. He's helping people move. He's, he's helping people organize. He's helping old ladies like, you know, rearrange their cupboards or whatever they have for him to do, taking trash out, raking leaves. He's doing all this stuff, trying to get that money. And finally, he has enough money in his, in his piggy bank. And he comes, he takes that piggy bank and he like shatters it to kind of make his point in front of the, the store owner. And and the store owner counts it up and he says, okay, you have enough. Here's your boat. Congratulations. And that kid takes that boat, man. He takes that boat outside. And he's like so happy because that was his. He made that. That belonged to him. And he's walking down the street. And he whispers, man, to himself. And this beautiful thing he has and he says, now you're twice mine. You're twice mine. I made you. I put everything I had in you. I lost you. But then I bought you. And you belong to me. You are twice mine. God created you. And he put himself in you. And he created you in his image. And he loves you and he knows you intimately and intricately. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought that has ever entered into your mind. He knows every desire of your heart. He knew you and he had a purpose for you before he laid the foundations of the earth. He is intimately acquainted with who you are. No one knows you like God does, not even you. And he desperately, desperately, desperately wants you. And because of that, he's willing to purchase you back from the evil master named Satan. Who doesn't care a bit about you. Who wants to use you. Who wants to destroy you. Who wants to steal from you. Who wants to kill you. And who wants to keep you from being acquainted intimately with the heart of your father. But God was like, they're going to be twice mine. <laughs> so Jesus, who so loved us, we can't get out of this ourselves. The chasm was far too wide. 
Like the song says, we couldn't even reach the other side. Far too wide, man. We can't get back to God on our own. He had to do it. He had to pay it. So he had to make this relationship right to make us one family. And there was only one price that could be paid for all of our debt, all of our sin, who could close that gap. And it was God himself. So he sent his one and only son to put flesh on, to live a perfect life, and then to give his life up in the most torturous and vicious fashion so that our debt could be paid as he absorbed and absolved absolved the whole of humanity's sin from beginning to end so he could pay the price once and for all that if you might just believe in him who died for you your sins would be forgiven and you would live eternally with Jesus eternally reconciled back to God and that you would never have to fear death that you would never have to fear being enslaved to sin but you would be made children of God restored so he sent Jesus he gave up his life as pavement he was perfect and he never ran the other way toward temptation it cost him everything even his life for me and for you and for those of us who say, I believe in Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. I believe that he laid his life down on the cross for my sins and in payment for my sins and forgiveness of me. I believe that he was raised from the dead and I believe that he has the power to raise my life with him. I will give my life to following him. He is Lord of my life. I believe with my heart that Jesus is Lord. I give my life to him. And Jesus says, in that moment, now you're twice mine. <laughs> That's it. You're twice mine. So, you know what's interesting about Gomer standing on that auction block? love this man she was still the same person <laughs> that was like causing her to run the other way she she wasn't like cleaned up her life didn't take this 180 while she's on that block man <laughs> arguably her life was as, as worse as it ever could be <laughs> she's a mess on that block Hosea looks at her and says I want her back. Don't, don't clean her up. Don't change to perfect. Don't try to like get it all together while you're on that block. Don't, don't try to, you know, fix it yourself and clean yourself up so you think that you're acceptable, you know, that, to, that you're acceptable to me, that now, you, you know, you're, you're something that I should want. Nah, man. Nope. That would be like a lifeguard expecting you to learn how to swim when you're drowning before he decides to save you. <laughs> I'll be right there. Just uh, 
you know, maybe start kicking your legs and, and moving your arms. Like maybe you need to learn how to swim first and then I'll save you. No, 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 no. I want the mess. Because then I get the credit in turning this mess into a message for my glory. Yeah, you were a mess. You were a sinner. And while you were yet still a sinner, I died for you. I want to make you twice mine. I love that. So what I would like for you, some of you in this room, I would like to just give you an opportunity. Knowing how amazing this invitation can be because... It changed my life personally. While I was a mess, while I was giving myself to all sorts of abuse, while I was completely ridden with depression and anxiety and purposelessness, I didn't care if I lived or died. I was abusing alcohol in a way that would kill most people. I was making decisions with my life under the influence that if it wasn't for the grace of God, I look back and I go, man, if it wasn't for him, I'd be dead or in jail. My soul was so numb to the nudges of the Holy Spirit saying, I want more for you. And I will never forget the day when I heard the message that changed my life. When I was sitting in a room reeking of alcohol and pot and cigarettes and poor decisions. I was wearing sunglasses because my eyes were so sensitive to light in that moment. And I heard the gospel presented to my life. And it spoke to me so deeply that I could literally tangibly feel the hand of God just reaching into my soul and taking hold of my heart and speaking life into me that says, I didn't create you for any of that. I want you with me. You belong to me. Be mine. I'm going to use you powerfully for my glory, and I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you a life that you never thought possible. And boy, did he deliver on his promises. And he continues to pour out and to bless and to love and to encourage and to heal because of the new life that he's given me. So I'm just going to give you an invitation. And it's going to be quiet, and it's going to be awkward, and it's going to be weird. And he's still going to call you out. So here's what I'd like for us to do. In this silence of this room, if you have never given your life to following Jesus and made that decision to be filled with his Holy Spirit, and forgiven by his grace. If you have never made that decision, and that is a decision that you would like to make tonight because you feel the nudge that maybe you've been ignoring, 
but you want to follow him and you want to allow him to love you and you want to experience his love, I'm going to invite you to stand. If it's your first time, you've never done it before. I want to allow you the space to stand up in this room to say, I choose to give my life to Jesus. give you another opportunity we have one thank you for being courageous thank you for being so bold and I want to give you yet another opportunity another invitation if you feel that this is your opportunity to give your heart to Jesus and following him I invite you to stand nothing holding you back This is the last time in this room giving you an opportunity if you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time I invite you to stand What's your name? Maya? Maya, can you come out here? Y'all give it up for Maya. How you doing, Maya? It's good to meet you. Maya has decided that she wants to give her heart to following Jesus. Is that true? Maya, I would like to pray for you. And all that you have to do in this moment while I pray for you is agree in your heart that this prayer is true for you. And then as you agree, I just want you to know that from this moment forward, you are a child of the Most High God. You are reconciled, redeemed. You are called and purposed for God's purposes, and his promise is that he will never, ever leave you or forsake you, even until the end of the age, and he will give his spirit to you. Is that something that you would want? Can I pray for you? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray for Maya. Father, I thank you for her boldness. 
I thank you for the conviction that you gave her, Lord, to give her life to you. From the cross, Jesus, you said it is finished. No more debt needs to be paid. And all that it costs us, including Maya, is her belief that you died on the cross, that you were raised from the dead, and that you are Lord of her life, and that she will give her heart to following you. It doesn't mean that she won't mess up. It doesn't mean that she won't stumble or even sin. But she now belongs to you forever. Maya, if you agree with these next statements, I would ask you to say yes out loud after each piece. Maya, do you believe that you are a sinner? Maya, do you believe that you are a sinner in need of grace? Maya, do you believe that Jesus Christ walked the earth sinless? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins? Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Do you believe that your sins are now forgiven? Do you give your life to following him? Maya, you are sealed as a child of the Most High God, a part of this family forever and ever. And in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I bless you and pray that you will be filled by him and guarded by him all the days of your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Give it up for Maya. All of heaven rejoices when even one comes to following Jesus. I don't see anybody on their feet, not enough people on their feet for Maya, who has now been saved for eternity. I will never forget that. One family. The rest of you, if you didn't make that decision here, but you'd like to make that decision in your small group, please do. For those of you who are in here, I want to give you an opportunity to, if this is a truth that you would like to reacquaint your heart with when it comes to Jesus being your redeemer, the giver of good gifts, your Lord, that he died on a cross for you, if that is something that, a truth that you would like to reacquaint your heart with, I'd ask you to just put your hand in the sky. Raise your hand. Reacquaint your heart with the Lordship of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Keep your hand up. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that you are our Redeemer. You are our Creator. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are our Father. You are our Bridegroom. We thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. And because of what you did, we are twice yours. I pray that we would follow you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, that we would love you. And Father, I pray that we would continue to be called by your love, that we don't have to chase after those other gods, that we don't have to squander our gifts to those dead things, but we would turn our heart to you in gratitude for what you've given us. I pray that you bless these small groups in this time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.